0: Well, good morning, everybody. Uh oh. Technical difficulties. There we go. All right. Well, good morning again. Glad you're here today. I hope you stay uh, after service to eat with us. We're going to uh, talk today about Jesus, the bread of life. And the passage we're going to talk about is in John chapter 6, verses 22 to 59. It's a bigger passage, but that's okay. Um, and the familiar passage, Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. Um, and just so we know, that has absolutely nothing to do with communion. It's not a communion passage because if we were to take it literally. Then we would take that we are actually eating Jesus. We're actually drinking his blood, which, of course, is not true. Um, we'll see as we go through the passages what Jesus means by the fact that he is the living bread. Jesus uses the term I am eight times in Scripture. We'll talk about I am the living bread. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Before Abraham was, I am. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and life. I am the way, the truth, and life. I am the true vine. Jesus makes it clear in every step of the way that it is through Jesus and Jesus only. That we have any hope of eternal life. The context for today in our text of John chapter 6, 22 to 59, is after Jesus feeds the 5,000. And he has 12 baskets left over. And the Bible tells us that Jesus perceived that because of what he did, the people wanted to make him king by force. His disciples got in a boat at night and went to set sail for Capernaum. Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. A storm comes upon uh, the Sea of Galilee. They're struggling. Jesus walks out on the water to them. Um, and he gets in the boat and immediately the seas are calm and they get right to their destination. And then the people go looking for him and they find him at Capernaum. That's the context of our 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 text for today, so I'd ask you to stand with me, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 6, beginning in verse 22. Let me pray first. Father, we thank you for your word, and we ask, Lord God, that you would speak to us. That all the hope that we have in Christ would be known to us. Lord, we ask that you would encourage and strengthen us. And build our faith in you this day. Build our faith in our holy and our righteous and our just God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This is what God's word says to us today. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had, that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that the disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got in the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. This is the bread that come down from heaven so that the one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever, and the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves saying, "How can this man give us his flesh to eat?" Because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread your fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. First thing that Jesus says to them or cautions them to do is to work wisely. Work Wisely, They go and they find Jesus and listen to what it says. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus does not answer the question. Rather, he says, Jesus answered them truly, truly. And you notice the phrase truly, truly. In In the Jewish culture, to say something once means to listen. To say something twice, pay attention. You really better pay attention if he goes truly, truly. Truly, you really better pay attention. Jesus is telling them time and time again by saying, truly, truly, pay attention, pay attention. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Jesus is telling them, the crowds, that their focus is not correct that what they are seeking is physical things instead of spiritual things. And he warns them about what to truly work for. Verse 27, do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you, for on Him God the Father has set His seal. Do not work. For food that perishes. Is this Jesus telling them don't work to eat? Absolutely not. Scriptures tell us very clearly if a man doesn't work, he should not eat. What does he mean by work? Well, the word work is er, 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 ergazomai. It means to engage in an activity involving considerable expenditure of effort. He's saying you work for so many things. Make sure you work for that which actually leads to eternal life. Make sure you work just as hard for that which is eternal than for that which perishes. Jesus says it is only through the Son of Man, which the Father gives and has set his seal upon that you get eternal food. When Jesus says this to them, what he is declaring to them is that I am the only way to the Father. There is absolutely no other way. You have a religious system that's been set up for thousands of years. And you thought you were pursuing God and you actually weren't. You were not pursuing what you should. Pursue me. The scriptures, Jesus said, speak of me. Remember, he said, actually, Moses. If you listen to Moses, he told the Pharisees, if you've listened to Moses, you would... You essentially wouldn't be asking me any questions. You would know who I am because Moses spoke about me. And of course, what was their issue? Moses was the man. Moses was the guy. Or Abraham. We have Abraham as our father. Oh, we have Moses as our... Jesus says, your focus is wrong. Your focus needs to be on me. Jesus says later on to the crowds in John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We need to ask ourselves always, do I really believe that? Do I live in such a way that shows that Jesus Christ is the only way? He is the truth and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except through him. Have you come to the Father? And if so, how? If you've not come through Jesus Christ, you do not have eternal life. The scriptures are clear. It is only through Jesus Christ that one has eternal life. He tells them, I am the only one. I am the only way to God. And they still don't get it. Then they ask him, what should we be doing to do the works of God? Tell us what we should do then. What is the work of God? What does God want me to do? Have you ever asked that question? God, what do you want me to do? Have you ever asked that question, God, what do you want me to do? And your Bible sitting right there, closed. Simple answer. Open it up. Find out what he wants you to do. He has told you, oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? What do we do to do the works of God? They're still saying it's works based. We got to do something. We have to earn this. I have to, I have to be part of this. They were thinking about what they should be doing physically. And they wanted a physical answer from Jesus, but Jesus only gives them a spiritual answer. Listen to what he says in verses 28 to Torah. Then they said to him, what must we do to do the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Believe in the one that God has sent. They were expecting a Messiah. They had already wanted to make Jesus king because he made all this food for them they realized there was something special about him. They just didn't believe he was the Messiah. The Jews were always looking for the Messiah, the Mashiach, to come and to rescue them. It was already ingrained in them to look forward to the Messiah and Jesus saying, here I am. No, 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 no. What do you want us to do? No, I can't possibly be. Jesus says the work, the work of God is to believe in Jesus. To believe upon the one in whom the Father has sent. Of course, the word believe, we know, pistuo, to believe to the extent of complete trust and reliance. Do I have a complete trust and reliance upon the work of Christ on my behalf? Do I ever feel I have to add something to it? You know, this is a great way to witness to people. Have you ever talked to anybody about spiritual things? And I said, well, you know, know, I'm a good person and God's going to look at my life. And no, God's not going to look. Well, actually, yes, He's going to look at your life. And you're going to come up real short. Like, really short. Like, no way you could overcome your shortness. We need to tell people, it's not about what you've done. It's about what Jesus has done. It's about what Jesus has done. Our belief must be firmly and solely upon the Lord Jesus Christ. As D.A. Carson says, faith, faith with proper Christological with with proper Christological object is what God requires, not works in any modern sense of the term. It is a full looking to Jesus Christ and Christ only. What is one of the solas that we believe? Christ alone, solas Christus. Christ and Christ alone. Nothing else but Christ They say to him, okay, then you've got to prove it to us. Prove that you're the Messiah. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So now they're saying to Jesus, okay, you know, prove that you're God to me. You ever ever had that conversation with God in the midst of your trouble? Hey, God, prove yourself to me and I'll believe you. Get me out of this, God, and I'll follow you. Prove yourself to me. How often do we actually ask God to prove himself to us? Hasn't he proven himself time and time and time again? You know how God proved himself to you today? You woke up today. That's it, right? You woke up. God proved himself to you that he is God. The sun rose today. God proved himself. That's why the scriptures tell us that the heavens declare the glory of God. Any doubt? Ask people, tell people, look outside. Look at your hand. Look at look at anything in it. Are you gonna tell me that's accidental? That wasn't purposeful? And if that's purposeful, then there must be somebody behind it. Who is it? It has to be God. And who is God? God is holy, God is just. And then you can just go down a list and you bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ. They were demanding a sign. They were asking Jesus to prove who he said he was. And, the, and, and ironically, what they use is, well, Moses gave us food to eat. Didn't I just feed you on the mountain two days ago? Didn't I just provide for you? You'd think that would have been sign enough. It was sign enough to try to make Jesus king by force. But it wasn't sign enough for Jesus to be Lord. What does it take for us to tell Jesus, you know what, you are Lord, regardless of what I get or don't get? You are Lord. If you remember in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, and it is a parable. The rich man says, oh, please, Father Abraham, send, send somebody. Tell my family, warn them to, to, to get away from this place of torment. And he says, you know what? They won't believe, even if it, somebody is raised from the dead. They want a sign. They're going to ask for a sign knowing full well they won't believe the sign. What did they even say to Jesus when he was hanging on the cross? You come down, show us the sign, come down, and then what? We'll believe you. They wouldn't have believed him if he did come down. They would ask for something else. As MacArthur says, what they want is to gratify their material. They want a God who gratifies their materialistic whims. That's what they wanted. A God who will gratify their materialistic whims. Jesus quickly corrects their misunderstanding of who God is and who Moses is. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, (laughs) listen to this, listen to this. I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. I mean, they didn't even understand just the simple story. Moses did not give them bread. You know the story. They were complaining to Moses that we didn't have bread. Oh, that we were back in Egypt.
1: Oh, we know
0: the meat pots that we had and the fish and the cucumbers. Oh, the cucumbers were just fantastic. They were the best cucumbers ever. Oh, we want to go back. Yeah, but you're going to have a whip on your back. You really want to go back? God says, I'm going to give you manna and I'm going to give you quail. I'm going to give you so much that it's going to come out your nose. This is really what God says. They said it was God who gave you the bread from heaven. It says Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread for heaven. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He's directing them again, correcting them again. You don't understand. I am the bread. The Father has sent me. I am the one who gives life to the world. They don't get it. They want Jesus to give them an endless supply of food. And so what do they say to him? Well, they answer him just like the woman at the well answered Jesus about the water. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life, verse 35. but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that anyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Jesus, again, corrects them, brings them back to correct thinking. And that's what we're going to do. If you evangelize, you share with somebody. They're going to want to go off over here. They're going to want to go off over here. Direct them back. Direct them back to Jesus. No, this is about, no, no, that's a tertiary issue. That's a secondary issue. And so easily we go down that rabbit trail with them. Get it back to Jesus. Get it back to Jesus. Jesus says, you've seen me. You've seen what I've done, and yet you don't believe me. But Jesus had great comfort and trust in his Father because all that the Father gives me will come to me. If you come to Jesus, he says, I will never cast you out. Never. I'm never going to tell you get lost. You're no good. You didn't measure up. Oh, forget it. It's over. he will never say that if you've truly come to Jesus. Jesus has come not to do his own will, he says, but the will of him who sent me, that is the Father. That's the covenant of redemption, covenant of the grace. He says, is this the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he's given me, but raise it up on the last day? We sang this morning about that last day, right? It's interesting, I'm glad you sung that because my mind has been, we shall meet on the beautiful shore. I've been kind of singing that in my mind all week. We shall meet on that beautiful shore. The only problem with that is, is I don't care to meet you. I want to go meet Jesus, Right? I'm glad you're there. Don't get me wrong. But I want us to meet Jesus. Who's going to meet us on the beautiful shore? Jesus Christ. Wounds and all. Enter now into the joy of my kingdom. My kingdom. You know why? Because you ate the bread of life. You believed on me. Enter into the joy of your master. And so, Jesus is winning the argument, if you would. Of course, he always does, right? He is God. And so now, what do they do? Now, they begin to attack Jesus personally. Look at what it says in verses 41 and 40. The Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that has come down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I've come down from heaven? Who, who is this guy? Isn't this a kid from Nazareth? You see, how, you see how quickly the crowd turned. He's telling them the greatest news they could ever hear. Who are you? Is it, it's, ain't this, isn't this Jesus? Isn't that Joseph's kid? Isn't that man? You know, interestingly enough, they didn't bring up his birth. Another crowd did that. Isn't, isn't this? Who are you? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Who who do you think you are? Who do you think that you are? You know, it doesn't deter Jesus. Listen to what he says. And it shouldn't deter us if somebody says, well, who do you think you are to tell me about? Continue to tell them. Give the good news. Jesus answered them, verse 43, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. Do you think Jesus cares about something here? About raising people up on the last day. About bringing you to heaven with him. And I will raise him up on the last day, as it is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. He just lays it out. Listen, you're you're, you're worried about this manna stuff, this this food. You want a different kind of food. You know what? They ate the manna. And where are they today? They're all dead. They're all dead. But I'm willing to give you something that's going to cause you to live forever. This, this, he says, and I can see him pointing him to himself. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. I am the living bread, living Zon, having vital power in itself and exerting the same power upon the soul. Jesus is the only source of eternal life. John, in the beginning of his gospel, writes this in John 1, 4. In him was life and the life was the light of men. Jesus, by saying, I am the living bread that I have life in and of myself, is absolutely 100% equating himself with God. Oh, you want to talk about Moses? You know the I am? That was me. I was talking to Moses. I was telling Moses that I am. I have a life in and of myself, and you only will have life through me. He says, I am the bread that has come down from heaven. Of course, speaking of the incarnation, that Jesus Christ came into time and space. Of course, there's more arguments to be had by the Jews. Verse 52 to 59. The Jews then disputed among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly. When you see the compassion and the care in Jesus, truly, truly. Come on, truly, you got believe, believe. It's not like just going, well, truly, truly, I say to you. Or in an argumentative way. Saying, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. What is wrong with this dude? Cannibalism? And drink the blood, you have no life in you. Whoever, for whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood is eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. it's about the fourth time Jesus has said that. For my flesh is true food, And my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that's come down from heaven. Not like the bread your fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things at the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. It's interesting because D.A. Carson wonders and speculates if the reading of the synagogue that day was manna from heaven. Might be, might not be, doesn't really matter. But the reaction of the Jews is that they were appalled at this. They were appalled at what Jesus said. And judging from from Jewish teaching, Absolutely right, if Jesus literally meant what he said. They had strict dietary laws. Leviticus 11, and you know what's not on the menu? Humans are not on the menu. Matter of fact, later on in Leviticus, God says it's going to be a curse to you to eat human flesh. He says, you walk away. You mock me. You go and serve other gods. You walk away from me. And a time will come when you'll eat your sons and your daughters. To eat human flesh meant you were cursed by God. And unfortunately for the Jews, that's exactly what happened to them. But Jesus says, Mr. Roach has told us before, follow the verbs. And it is so true. Follow the verbs. He says unless you eat, feed and believe, right? Eat, feed and eat, feed and drink actually. Believe in verse 40 and eat in 53, they're absolutely synonymous. That's what he means by to eat means to believe. To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and to drink my blood. Drink my blood. It's all the same thing. To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, to value Jesus more than food. Oh, do we value Jesus more than food? How hard do we work for physical food? What will we do to get physical food? Hunger is a powerful motivator, right? Let's just be honest. It's a powerful motivator, right? Um, We work for physical food. Jesus says, unless you believe and eat, unless you drink my blood. How hard do we work for the spiritual food? How much time do we give to this? How much time do we spend talking to the one who alone can give us eternal life? No wonder Jesus says pray always. Pray without ceasing. He uses the word whoever feeds on my flesh. It's the word feeds is trogo. Trogo. It means to gnaw or to nibble. I understand that to I mean. What do you do if you if you if you if you're a muncher? Maybe you're like me, right? You got you're kind of eating throughout the day, right? Always kind of bringing in, always ingesting, right? Everybody here, yeah, I know potato chips are my munch, right? Um, the idea of just always bringing Jesus in, always feeding on Jesus. Whether it's listening to sermons online, maybe it's listening to Christians. It's always something of bringing Jesus. Unless you are consuming me, unless I'm the priority, you don't have eternal life. He says, if you eat my flesh and you drink my blood and you feed on me, you will live. Zazesi means will have life. It's future indicative. It means it's a real action. We're really going to have eternal life. It's not physical life, but rather spiritual life. And Jesus says, and I will raise them up on the last day. Anastatesto means to beget, to procreate, to become the father of. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the firstborn among the dead. Listen to what it says in Colossians 1.18. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might preeminent. How can Jesus raise you from the dead if you believe in him? Because he was raised from the dead. He was the first to be raised from the dead. Really? There are a lot of people raised in the dead before Jesus. No, Jesus rose from the dead of his own power. Because he has life in himself. He is the living bread. And he gives life. And if he's called you, he's called you, listen to his voice. As we learned in Sunday school, don't add to it, don't take away from it. Don't go beyond what is written. The promise of those who Jesus brings to eternal life, to those who He raise up is found in Revelation 6, 7. What's it going to be like in heaven? In Revelation 7, 16, they shall hunger no more, neither thirst anymore. The question we have for us is, do you have eternal life today? Do you have eternal life? Are you going to heaven? And if so, What makes you say so? What's the proof that you're going to go to heaven? If it's anything less than I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not going to go to heaven. It's just that simple. What is it for us who know I'm going to heaven? How does this work? What are we hungering for? Remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Are you satisfied today? Are you satisfied in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you believe that Jesus Christ alone, Christ alone is the only way to heaven? Do we have a habit of feeding and of drinking? Obviously not literally, because that would be just disgusting. It would be stupid. Are we feeding on Jesus Christ? Are we feeding on his word? What did Jesus say to Satan? Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word of God. As we look at communion today, Jesus Jesus is not talking about communion. Does it point to communion? Maybe. But as we look at communion today, as we look at the symbol today, as you hold up that little matza, that little cracker, as you hold up that drink, what's going to go through your mind? All right, we did this. Now move on to the next thing. Let's get into the big room because I, really, I want some physical food, right? And that, let's, let's be honest. We live there too, right? If you came in here hungry, our flesh will be saying, All right, let's get into the big room. Come on, speed it up. Let's go. Am I right or wrong? Right? That's how we can be. As you hold up that cracker, as you hold up that cup, let your mind think about what really satisfies. What is it that really gives you life? What is it that really gives you hope? Take a moment, train your mind on the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today saying, well, I just really blew it this week, man. I I did anything but feed. I did anything but drink. What do I do? Put your head down in shame and let the cup go past you? No. Take the cup. Take the cracker. And in your mind visualize Jesus. Maybe, you know, some theologians go, you're nuts. I do. And I see Jesus with his arms out. He says, I gave my life for you. Yeah, you messed up. Come here. And I put my head on his chest. And I have peace. Because my Savior loved me. And he gave his life for me. And his promise is still true. I will raise you up on the last day. I will never cast you out. Are we eating? And are we drinking? Have you eaten? Have you drunk? And if not, why? Today, let today be the day of salvation for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you that you are the bread from heaven. Thank you that you have come down. Lord, you were not obligated in any way to come down to this earth. You didn't have to. You declared that you would absolutely destroy mankind if Adam sinned against you. And yet, you came looking for Adam. You've come looking for us. Not to destroy us, but to give us your life, your perfect, sinless life in exchange for ours. So that you would raise us up on the last day. What a great God you are. Oh, Father, I pray that we would feed and that we would drink. Help us in it, Lord God. We ask it for Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, as I said, as we come to communion, as the deacons and elders come forward, it's the Lord's table. It's not our table. It's the Lord's table. It's